Welcome to the Touch Network podcast. I'm Debs Carter, the founder of Touch Network. Touch Network is all about telling stories and touching lives. We run storytelling events in cafes, restaurants and bars where everyday people tell their story of overcoming or moving forward in their life. In this episode, we meet Steve. Steve has had various health issues since he was 11 years of age, including hearing loss, which has caused many problems. From his experiences, he has found a new road to journey, which he hopes will help others. Um, I'm going to go back for many, many years when I was 11 years old. I've got some notes here to remind me, so it's a long time ago. Okay. Um, my problem started when I was 11 years old. Um, I was an average lad growing up. I loved football. used to go up the Dow to watch Southampton. And um, about 11 years old, my mother was very ill. She was in hospital. She was the first person in Hampshire to have a brain tumour removed. And um, she was very seriously ill. And I woke up one morning and um, I didn't want to go to school. I was banging my head against the wall. And my father came in and said, Steve, you need to go get up, go to school. And he said, what are you hitting your head for? And I didn't like to tell him at first because uh, mum was seriously ill and he had a lot of worries. And... um, he took me aside and said, look, you need to tell me what's wrong. Well, I was suffering with very severe earache and I had some horrible discharge coming from my ear. So he took me to the doctors. I was rushed up to the hospital and had major surgery. And by the time I was 16, I'd had 15 operations on my ears, so which left me with a deafness. Um, I now wonder, realise why I never got on at school very well, um, basically, because in those days, going back in the very early 70s, um, there wasn't much out there for deaf children and uh, I managed to get through school, didn't pass many exams, I mainly did woodwork and the school allowed me to skive lessons and go into the woodwork class or play football which was my main hobby. And, um, but I managed and uh, I eventually got a job as an apprentice carpenter but in the meantime when I was about 16 I had to have two more serious operations. I had to have both my knees operated on where they took away my patellas which unfortunately left me with a disability where I suffer with chronic pain, which I've done since I was 16 years old. And um, to this day, I have balance problems. I fall over quite a bit. But moving on, try to get the depressing stuff out of the way first. It does come good in the end, so don't worry. <laughs> um, I met Chris, my, my long-suffering wife. We've been married 43 years this year. And uh, most people... <laughs> Don't clap yet, because you say you get less for murder. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, and we've had two children, and we've got, I've lost count, I think it's about eight grandchildren now. But um, I, they've been brought up with my deafness. Um, I lost many, many jobs because of ill health, and it's, life's been quite a struggle, in a way. And um, it wasn't until you really understand deafness that you, a lot of people lose confidence. I lost all my confidence. I stopped going out because I couldn't hear people behind me or walking in front of me, beside me, and you can't hear traffic. And you become isolated. I started to stand doors and I refused to go out. And um, Chris would say, look, we need to go shopping. And I always made an excuse not to go out, really. But it it was more the fact that I was frightened because I couldn't hear anything. So it was one day we, I was down the hospital. I, I have to go to the hospital even now, every month, to have my ears specially cleaned. They have to do it by machine. And um, because the infection I have and the illness I have, it can travel up to the brain. It can affect the nerves which go to the brain. So unfortunately, 
I have to do this monthly. And that was one of the reasons why I lost several jobs, because they wouldn't allow time off to go to the hospital. So one particular day, I heard about a place in Eastbourne called Hearing Link. And um, basically, it changed my life. That was about 2006. And in the meantime, I'd also contacted cancer. And um, that was quite a very frightening moment, because when the consultant said, you need to have surgery that day, we thought, why? No one told us why. And, um, and we said, why? He said, well, put it this way, have you got life insurance? Because otherwise, you'll need, your wife will need it. And um, I didn't have life insurance. I had the surgery, and thankfully, I'm still here. But um, so life's been a bit of a bugger sometimes, excuse my French. But we, we've managed, we've coped. And in 2006, I went to Eastbourne. Chris came with me, and we spent five days down there. And they teach you how to cope with deafness, cope, get your confidence back, and really start your life again. And I can remember it was Father's Day, and I didn't want to go. And um, Chris said, well, if you don't go, it can be quite serious. You know, our marriage was suffering. But I went along, and... Um, I sat there and I realised there's not just, you're not alone. There's other people with the same sort of illness, other, other deaf people, and they teach you strategies how to cope and how to move on. And um, it changed my life. And as I say, Chris has been fantastic with me. I probably wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for Chris. And at the end of the week, one of the, one, they set you three goals. And one of the goals I had was get a hearing dog. Now... I'd never heard of hearing dogs. I'd never received a hearing dog before. I've never seen one. And it was that point that we went home. And you know what it's like. You get back home and you think, oh, great, I'm going to do this, do that. And I forgot about hearing dog. And um, it wasn't to the fact that we were down in the hospital one day. Chris picked up a leaflet and it said, apply for a hearing dog. It can change your life. And I didn't know what a hearing dog was. As I said, I thought they would just bark, which is silly because I can't hear a dog barking. So, you know. And um, so we applied for one, and I eventually went up to the centre and I received my first hearing dog, Yogi. Unfortunately, he's at home now. He's retired. And um, now I can tell you about Yogi and my experience with hearing dogs, but you won't get home till midnight and we've got other speakers. So that's another story. But um, Yogi did change my life once again. He started giving me the confidence to go out and about. And, and then we, Chris and I we sat down and we thought, well, hold on, what can we do? How can we help other people? So we became volunteers for Hearing Link. We became outreach workers. And um, we would go and visit people in Hampshire who had the same problem as I did. And um, I remember one story. We went to Andover to see a chap, and his wife was at wit's end. She just didn't know what to do with him. He wouldn't go out. Same, same as my story. And um, so we started helping these people. And we took it one step further. We... Um, we started to understand that we can do more. So Chris did quite a lot of voluntary work for a chap who was sight impaired and, um, and realised that I could offer more. So we've eventually started off a deaf and hard hearing group in Southampton. We've now been running five years and it's grown from four or five people. We have about 30 on the books now because in Southampton alone there's 23,000 deaf and hard hearing people. There's no sensory services in Southampton now. It's closed down because of lack of funds. 
you have to, they send out an order on the occupational therapist to see a deaf person. They don't understand what loop systems are. They don't understand what pages are. We've even been told some of them don't even understand what hearing dogs do for people. So we've tried to, we've tried to campaign now to get people aware what is in Southampton or Hampshire for deaf and hard hearing people. We do confidence building. We help people just go out. Chris works with the person who's hearing. I work with a deaf person. And we try to gain their confidence. We try to get them to go out and about. I would never, and I mean this, I would never 15 years ago stood in front of an audience like yourselves and given a talk. I just wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have probably have left home to come here to listen to speakers. You know, I had to go to college. I learned lip reading, which took me five years. And that's my way of communication now, lip reading. I, people say, why don't you sign? I don't live in a deafened world. Okay? If you're born deaf, you learn to sign. But if you have speech or hearing, oh, sorry, if you have speech or hearing when you're born, you re I, I remember voices, I remember sounds. So I haven't lost the power of speech. I've had speech therapy. And because um, Chris quite often now says, lower the voice because I can't hear my voice very even this afternoon Chris said you're speaking too loud lower it down you haven't heard me when the football's on because I'm terrible <laughs> but, but you know it's even now because I can't hear the tone of my voice I do tend to shout a lot and um, the grandchildren are very good if they want me they come up and touch me and I'll ask them what it is and nine times out of ten it's pocket money or sweets but they'll take me to what they want but um you know, they're very good. They've been brought up with it. I've gone into their schools. We do deaf awareness training now. We go around giving talks on hearing dogs into schools. And um, that's why hearing dogs have changed my life, because we do so much work for hearing dogs for deaf people. We go all over the country. We've been up to Edinburgh. And um, just to talk about hearing dogs, bring awareness and um, explain what the dogs do. And I've now got a new hearing dog called Gemma. She's still training, and um, she's a completely different personality to my other dog. And, um, but I'd never had a dog before in my life, and as I said, I didn't know what a hearing dog did. But um, they give people so much confidence to come out. Sorry? <laughs> I couldn't see what you were saying. Yeah, I'm coming to that now. Okay. And... Um, so leaving hearing dogs alone, the other thing we do, and this is where I've met Rebecca, who's also there, is um, I, I joined Healthwatch, which is an organisation. I'm on the strategic board there, and I'm also on the Spectrum Management Committee because my aim is to try and help so many people and um, make awareness to them with people with disabilities. And in Southampton, um, there's no hearing loops Unfortunately, tonight in this lovely cafe, there's no hearing loop. So our aim was, we started going round, because I used to wear hearing aids, but I can't wear them now, so I, I wear a loop talker. So if I go into a shop and it's got a hearing loop, I can listen. West Key, we started off trying to find out in West Key about hearing loops. There's nine to nine outlets in West Key. Only 13 of those outlets had a hearing loop, a working hearing loop. So our aim now is to travel all over Southampton to every premises, public premises, doctor's surgeries, banks, building societies, because by law, they should have a hearing loop. And we have found so far, not many have. So our aim at the moment is we have a small group of volunteers like myself and Chris. We're going around Southampton, we're working with Healthwatch, and we are trying to get Southampton looped. We've now got the city council on side. We've got 
certificates which we present to stores if they have one or if they get one. Just to finish off with, what we're really proud is Southampton Football Club, that beautiful stadium, didn't have one hearing loop. The only hearing loop it did have was in the ticket office because they wanted the money. We went in there, we've done a tour of the stadium. They've now got 27 working loop systems in that stadium because a group of volunteers went in there. I would never have done that. I would never have stood up here to give a talk, but thanks to Hearing Link and Chris in Hearing Dogs, I'm on the road and we're going to make Southampton better for deaf and hard of hearing people. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please visit our website at touch.network to find out more.